named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency, brought to you by Revis.com. Um, I, I really should start listening to this intro, Sam, because I've done, no <laughs> idea what I'm going to say. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. I'm really well. Thank you. Uh, I was saying to you before we hit record, that is stinking hot where I am. And and you said, am I just trying to rub it in? Uh, and I'm looking at like the pool of sweat on my shorts. And I'll tell you that I'm not. It's it's hot. Uh, and it looks, you know, sunny and nice where you are. So, yeah, maybe maybe next week we'll start with a scripted professional introduction <laughs> where we don't talk about the weather uh, and we, we get on to something more pertinent for our listeners, like I'd like to do today, because actually... I feel like one, I feel like I've got one thing that I really want to share today that I hope everyone can take away and think about and then ideally do something with. But secondly, I want to share an interesting story that I heard on a, on a podcast uh, last week. And I can't remember if I shared it on this podcast last week. Uh, so if I have, we're just going to double down on what I think is an excellent <laughs> story. And if we didn't, how good's that? So it's fair enough to say. Um, and you can shake your head, but I hope you'll agree with me here that it's the, the market at present is presenting a number of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it looks like it will slowly turn for the better, mm-hmm. whether that's four months, five months, six months, 12 months, no one really knows, but there's sort of two, two camps of agents at the moment. There's those who are attacking the market and those who are sort of hunkering down and boarding up their windows and hibernating for the winter. I was listening to this podcast and the guy on it says, everyone should be like a buffalo. A buffalo? Yeah, a buffalo. And I thought to myself, this is interesting. Where's this going? And you know when you hear something strange and it gets your attention and you just listen a little bit more intently? Well, I'm hoping that this part is where everyone listening goes, all right, Sam, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Don't talk too much shit. So a buffalo... Uh, apparently is the only animal on earth that when it sees a storm, it runs directly at it because what they've realized over however many thousands of years of evolution is that the quickest way to see the other side of the storm is to go through it, not wait it out because the storm's moving one way, you're moving the other, you get out the other side and you're going, cool. I suffered, but I knew where I was going. I could see where I was going to end up and I got to calmer weather before everybody else, well, they're still waiting for it to pass or waiting for it to arrive. Now I heard this story and I was like, that is the perfect metaphor for world-class estate agents. Yeah. Right. If there's a storm, if there's a problem in your business, if you know something has to change with a listing, whatever it might be going at it head first and addressing it as soon as possible rather than sitting around either hibernating or hoping it'll go away or figuring it out down the line is 100% the best way to go about it. Because while everyone else is sitting around waiting and watching, wondering what's going to happen, tying themselves down, waiting out the you know, down-ish market for the good one to come back, 
you're there attacking it. You're running through that storm. You're being the buffalo. You're getting every little bit along the way. You know, our guest today talks about uh, helping, supporting, growing, right? What better way to help somebody than in the middle of a storm, picking up saying, follow me. You know, I know it's tough out there, but I'm mm-hmm. the person that's going to absolutely help you get the result that you need. And we're going to get out the other side quicker. Yeah. Who's, who's going to end up with the better long-term future? The one who gets to the other side of the storm faster or the one that sits in it and hopes that it passes quickly. So I, I heard that story. It was much better when I heard it said to me, but I wanted to share that. And then the other thing that I, I have been musing on, right? I promise I'll be quiet after this is I read in the news this morning uh, that I think it's probably franchise group. They're predicting that the market will be very similar to 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, So transaction volumes down circa 30%. And that is the pretty widely accepted view that's Mm -hmm. going out there, right? I think people have been talking about that for two or three months, Um, but it's in the news again today. So it's going to be in people's minds again today, at least at the time that we're recording this podcast. So the thought that I want to put in everyone's mind is the market might have 30% less transactions. And that's a really important point to make. It's not down 30%. There's 30% less transactions, right? So what? That's something that you as an estate agent cannot control. Mm -hmm. I still firmly believe today you can't convince someone to sell their house that they don't want to sell their house. So you can't just go and miraculously bump up transaction numbers by 30 or 40% to get ahead of where you were last year. No. So the question I want everybody listening to this show is to ask themselves is this, right? Even if transactions are down 30%, are there still enough transactions in the market for you to hit your goals? Because we talked about business planning through November, December. We've touched on it again this year. Everyone's going to know what they want to do this year, right? They will know their goals. If the market, did you have 31% of the market last year? If you did and the transactions are now down 30%, maybe there aren't enough transactions for you to hit your goals. Mm. But I'm going to hazard a guess that you didn't have 31% market share. So if I ask the question, are there still enough transactions in the market for the next 12 months, even if there are 30% less than they were in 2022, are there enough for you to hit your goals? The answer is always going to be yes, right? Mm-hmm. Someone in that market agents within that market are definitely going to miss their goals that's also a certainty right but it doesn't need to be the people who listen to this show right and it shouldn't be the people who listen to this show because every single week there are agents like the guy we talked to today who just bring immense value and Mm -hmm. walk you through little steps of what you can be doing consistently to have great results even in a slightly suppressed market so ask yourself yes there's going to be 30 percent less transactions predicted are there still enough for you to hit your goals yes great what have you got to do right there's three things you can be certain of when you wake up every day who you are what you want and what you're willing to do to get it so focus on all the things that you can control and understand that your goals are not the news and you've just got to stick to the process yeah and be more like a buffalo i really wondered where you were going with that when you when you started it i wanted to Hopefully talk got about some people listening I wanted to talk about transfer deadline day and how depressing it is to be an Everton fan. So I think that was a much better idea to to start the day with power. And you're all absolutely right. I think there will be agents listening who will be bunkering down. So hopefully that little talk is a bit more of an inspiration to be like a Buffalo. That's the one that I'm going to share with my team um, this morning. But enough from from both of us. Um, We've already spoken to today's guest. He delivers, as you said, a load of value. So let's dive in and introduce him. 
Today's guest is somewhat of an enigma. You see, when we do our research for this show, and believe it or not, we do do our research for this show, we journey down the usual roads to build a picture of the person who's sitting on the other end of the microphone. But this gentleman, for all his success, is somewhat of an online ghost, uh, at least in the estate agency world. He describes himself as a dad, a husband, an estate agent, and a football fan. Um, and those in the industry closest to him have dubbed him the wise one we're going to find out why today. Andy Davies, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Very, um, very honoured to be here as a, as a long-time listener. So thank you. Thanks, thanks very much for, for joining us, Andy. You say as a, as a long-time listener, so you will know what is coming, um, which is the first question, how we start every show. And it's what does world-class estate agency look like to you? Fantastic. So... Um, I think the fundamental basics for me are still prospect, list, sell. And I think anyone that can master those three will be well on their way. Um, but when we kind of drill it down more into trying to find that world-class level or that level that sets you apart, there are there are three further words that come to mind to me, um, which I'll explain. So I've got uh, consistency, culture, and community, which to me are the three driving forces of trying to get to that world-class level. So con consistency is a really um, boring, dull word, isn't it? But I, I think it's so important and it changed my life and changed my business when I first met, you know, people like Stephen Brown and our mastermind group and that kind of stuff. Um, and I learned about AMPM energy, uh, setting your ideal week, setting up your day, setting up your office. Uh, it, it, it's so vital. I think having consistent systems and processes are absolutely crucial to running and performing as an estate agent or an estate agency. Um, in terms of culture, I think that's internally and externally. I think culture is absolutely vital in terms of how you look after your team and how your team look after each other. Um, equally, how you look after your clients and the general public, I think is crucial. Um, you know, how many times have we heard estate agent? I mean, every estate agent will sit and tell you that it's people before profit and it's people first, mm -hmm. people first. But in reality, when it comes to the crunch, is that really true? Like are, people, are agents really making decisions or giving advice based on what's best for their clients? Um, or are they giving advice on what's best for them? Uh, I, I, I think on the whole, it's quite a self-serving um, industry. And I think that's not world-class. I think I think that needs to be something that people focus on and, and, and review. Um, and community is quite a personal one to me. So I don't, I don't know if everyone would agree with this. And maybe it's not a fundamental in in for everybody to be a world-class agency, but certainly one of my driving forces for my business, my agency, and hopefully the growth of our agency in future years is that we, you know, we are a high street brand and we want to be part of, of communities. Um, absolutely key for us for me within my life and my business is help support and grow. And that's, you know, that's for my own personal development, my team's development, and definitely in my communities. Like I really want to help and support our communities. Um, and I think, that can't be, you know, you can't look at it on like a return of investment metric. Like I, I can't go and sponsor that football team because I want to get some valuations off the dads. Like to me, that's not right. Like I want to go and help the local community because I'm part of the local community. We're a local business. We've got a foot on the high street and we want to do good and we want to give back and we want to help people. Um, so those are the, the fundamental bits to me that when I think about world-class estate agency and how we can try and grow my business to try and become a world-class estate agency that's what comes to mind I don't know if we've ever had a as well articulated answer um and I, I know just before we hit record you were sort of saying 
I've been thinking about this a lot as I, I, I think you said kill myself on runs and for everyone listening at home, Andy, uh, posts his run every day in a like uh, Facebook messenger group that, that we're part of. And he's, he is consistent in his personal life as well as in his business life. And I'm going to ask you more about that when we end this show. So don't let me forget. I, I really like uh, one. I don't think consistency is a boring word. It's very much, I think our favorite word on this show. And it's the, it is probably the one unifying word of every single guest that we've ever had on there when they're talking about whatever it is that they want to be world-class at or they just want to get better at or they want to be proud of it's it's doing whatever that activity may be consistently and then culture and community uh we we were speaking about this with jerry Lyons a couple weeks ago he was talking about community if all you're doing it for is the valuation of the dad you're not actually participating in in the community aspect of it it's just like in real life prospecting um, and you shouldn't be saying that it's a community initiative so i really like your help support and grow I wanted to ask you about AMPN, AMPM Energy. Uh, that intrigued me. So can you go into a little bit more detail on that? Yeah, I can't remember where we first learned it, but I've certainly spoken about it a lot with Stephen and, and people like that. And um, I think we very much try and set up our days so that the morning is your kind of focus time in the office to um, you know get your prospecting done, get your follow-ups done, work on your offers, uh you know sales chasing you know all of that kind of stuff where you need to have clear time and clear focus um so we've done a few bits in our business where we block out our diary until 11 o'clock so there's no appointments before 11 o'clock uh in the morning um on a monday that's one o'clock in the afternoon we keep that whole morning chunk free so that we can do all our client updates and everything like that um we also don't have our office phone lines turning on until 9 30 which may sound really counterproductive and alien to a lot of agents out there, but actually having that clear focus time in the morning for me and my teams is absolutely crucial. Like we get so much done. It's not, you know, obviously we have fun and we chat and we talk, but it's not sit around gossiping and, and mm. you know, feet up quiet time. It's bang. We've got work to do. This is what we're doing. Let's get on with it. Um, so I think that AM time is really, really crucial for being massively productive in, in, in my opinion. Um, and then PM energy to me is about getting out and meeting people. Um, it's about that's when you want to be having your viewings, your valuations, your client meetings. Um, you know, in an ideal world, I would love to be out of the office every day from 11 o'clock onwards until I finish. Like, no, I, 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 I love that. I love being out and on the road and talking to people. Uh, I prospect from my car now in between appointments. Like, you know, it's, it, it, it's, nice. you know, it, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a really good setup. Um, obviously, it very much depends on, on your business and, and, and the market and how things are. Um, but yeah, I think that AMPM drive works really well for us. Uh, there, there were two things there that you said that, uh, again, I have to just ask a question on because it's fascinating. Firstly is the phone thing, um, because I reckon that, and I've, I've just gone back to my agency days of which were a very long time ago now. And I'm thinking back to like when I was working in corporate agency in England and almost everyone listening to the show would be like, what? So the question is what happens to the calls before 930 uh, that's question one. Then question two is, this is this is for everybody who's had an ideal week and failed, right? My hand is up. Mark's hand, I know, is up, right? I want to do all my follow-ups. I want to do everything in the morning. That phone call comes in at 9.31. They say, I really, I have to view it today. I love it. It's going to be great. Can I come and see it? Or can you come and see me? I want to sell my house. I'm only available at 10.30 tomorrow, whatever it is. What's your, uh, how do you politely 
uh, inform people of, of when you're available or better yet, how do you help your team make sure they have the same mindset of AM, PM? Yeah, brilliant. So two, two really good questions. Um, so firstly, the phone calls before 9.30 go to an answer phone and then the answer phone message immediately gets emailed to one of our team. Um, so we can immediately deal with it if, if we need to. Um, so it's a nice, quick, uh, efficient process. So that, that, that works. We've had very little downside to that process and we get a lot of upside from it. I know a lot of people think we're crazy, but like we like to do things a bit differently. We do things for us, not because other people tell us it's a good idea. Um, it works. Um, in terms of your second question, that is, I think, the golden conversation around an ideal week, because as soon as, you know, an agency owner or a boss or a manager puts an ideal week into a diary, it gets challenged within about five minutes. Like, you know, your, your next first phone call they pick up will be someone's got a view now or there's a red hot valuation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, 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 it just happens. It just always happens. So you have to be really key and really firm with it. And the best way I pass that back to my team in terms of our training and how to deal with that is, look, what would you genuinely say to that client if you already had another appointment booked in at that time that they wanted? And the answer generally is, oh, I'd say, sorry, we can't do it. And I'll give them an alternative time. Fantastic. Well, that's your answer. Like we are booked up at that time. You don't say to anyone, oh, really, sorry, we don't do appointments at that time, but we can do, you know, next week. You say to people, really, sorry, we're booked up at that time. Can you do A, B or C? You know, and you offer a solution. Um, and if you're going to implement an ideal week, you have to be really firm with it. Like if you're a manager managing other people or if you're just on your own and it's just you doing it, you just have to commit to it. There will always be other solutions. You know, there will always be another solution, and you just have to talk the clients through that. I've changed. I've, I've changed my ideal week this year, and actually, we're recording this on the thirty first of January. So I was saying to myself this morning as I rewrote my calls, we're a twelfth through the year already, and my ideal week hasn't happened once. So I could probably take a few um, to leave <laughs> your book there. Um, but Andy, I want to come back to. Um, your answer to world-class agency, and I completely agree with Sam when he was saying that was so eloquently put, but you said something um, when talking about community, but you also talked about it personally, and you said you have a mantra of help, support, and grow. So can you just talk us through what that looks like from a community perspective and then also from a from a personal growth perspective? Oh, blimey, that's a that's a deep <laughs> question, isn't it? Um, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever really sat down and written out this kind of mantra, but it's just kind of developed within me over the years. And, and, and it's just kind of, I think, grown into the person that I am and the, the, the you know, company owner that I want to be in the business that I want to build. Um, I think within the community, you know, we do things like we're a collection for the local food bank. Um, so rather than people having to go down to the food bank drop-offs, if they can't, they can drop it off to the, to the high street to us for, for the drop-off point. Um, we do a lot of work with the local sort of charities and local community events, which I think is really vital. On a more commercial level, I'm on the board of directors for something called the Walton Bid, which is a business. Oh God, I can't even remember what it stands for now. It's terrible. I'm on the board. But it's like a, um, it's basically a, a government-backed, funded uh, scheme where we we have now you know budgets over a five year period to come in and invest the commercial improve the commerciality of Walton Thames, which is our our you know hometown. Um, so there's all sorts of different things that we like to try and do to 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 help and and support and grow. Um, you mm -hmm. know that that's that's what it comes down to. 
um on on a personal level like i just seem to have this fundamental i don't know honestly don't know where it's come from but i have this fundamental desire to to help people and you know if i can genuinely help someone in whatever that may be um i don't know whether that's come from me being a a dad or a business owner or a, i you know i i don't know um but i i but, you know i i get pleasure from that and i tend to find that within helping people i also help myself like i i learn a lot from people and stuff like that i did a um agency uh, together agents together mentorship um last year uh with a really really lovely agent and you know she was very complimentary about me which was lovely i don't know if she was just being nice or not but you know hopefully she got some value from it but i i equally learned as much from her as as, as i'm sure she did from me you know it was a really valuable experience um and i've just signed up to, to do another one which i've got a first induct call with with today so you know things like that giving back and and, and helping um you know, I, I just think it's a it's a good thing to do, and I, I get a lot of value and, and a lot of um, self worth from it as well. I guess. Yeah, thank you. I, know, I like that. It was it was it was quite deep, but I suppose if you, we've got um, some people maybe just starting out in the industry listening to this, they can probably take from that that you know that mantra that you talked about, and I I think you know is is really useful for people to hear. It doesn't just happen; it kind of develops over over the years. By the sounds of things. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if I look back to myself, like I started an agency when I was 17 and, uh, you know, there's no way I would have had that same mentor at 17 or, you know, probably through 17 to 25, 26, 27. I'm sure I was a lot more self-serving and, you know, a lot more shallow and, uh, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, certainly as I've grown a bit older and as I said, going through, you know, being a parent and managing people and different people and bigger teams and that kind of stuff, it's it's definitely just something that's sort of grown within me, I think. I like that. And I think actually you've, you've just summed up in a sentence where you said like your perspectives changed since when you first got into it to now, there's a lot of people who perhaps haven't given themselves that permission yet. And they're still doing things the way they were taught because that was the way they were taught. And actually I think change is the one thing that's inevitable in the world, whereas participating in it is not. Um, and that's actually the key part of helping, supporting, growing, whatever it is, whether it's yourself, your family, your business, your friends, your community, whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and uh, sorry, Sam, I wasn't shushing you then. Someone just walked into my. No, office. you nailed it. The wave was perfect. <laughs> you can join the show. Absolutely. No, so I I, I I I absolutely agree. And and I think also um, on a on a kind of personal level, again, you know, I think accountability is key. You know, you've got to have someone or a group of people that you can talk to about this stuff and, and, and be held accountable to. And to me, that's not about being beaten up if you fail or told off if you fail or, or you know, hit with a sharp stick. It's, it's about just having a safe group and community that you can talk to and you can have a share ideas with, you know, people that are of a similar kind of mindset or zone to you. I, I think that's really crucial. And, you know, on a, on a business level, things like um, Stephen Brown's mastermind groups has, has been massively valuable for me. And then on a personal level, like running and fitness and, and you know, when I lost a lot of weight a few years ago, you know, just having people to talk to and, and, and bounce things off and share successes with was, was, was really, really crucial. Um, and then, sorry, Sam, the other point you made, which I was going to refer to, was that having permission to change, I think bringing it back to business and estate agency, you know, whilst they talk about my ideal work week, what works for me, what works for my team, that's definitely changed and developed over the year. It's like, it, it, it's not a one size fits all. You've got to, make sure it works for you and, and you said you've got to give yourself permission to grow and adapt and, and change and, and, and um, you know I think keep it under constant review 
Mm. And probably also suck at the start as well because it's it's a hard thing to do. And that's that's the thing that gets in the way of a lot of positive change, I think, is that it's a bit shit when you first begin. Oh. And, and it's the last thing that you want to do. And it's just a constant war to keep going through it. Mate, I'm I'm 21 years in, and I still do stuff that's a bit shit every day of my, you know, every day of my life. Like we you know we're not perfect, and yeah. you know you have to you have to accept failure, you have to accept rejection. Sometimes stuff goes wrong. Uh, I I like the saying. I think it was off John McGrath show on the Australian pods. Um, care but not too much. Mm. Like I yeah. really care about my business. I massively care about my clients. I, I think I I connect with people really really well. But equally, if we have a day where we have, you know, free full throughs or I lose free instructions, like I just stay level. Like I won't sit and cry about it. It, it. It's done. We learn from it. We move on. And equally, if we have like an amazing day where we have like five exchanges and, and you know, deals tied up and stuff, you know, I, I get the buzz. I'm happy. But again, you won't see me like cloud high. Like I, I try and stick sort of a good mid level of emotions, um, you know, just to kind of maintain and regulate myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think you, you probably, uh, the last 15 minutes of this show has probably answered this question already, but I, I was keen to ask you, like, why are you called the wise one? I honestly have no idea. I still I still don't know if Stephen Brown says it sarcastically. You know what, when I go to the, to the groups, I get massive imposter syndrome. Like, it's just little old me sitting in this room with, like, Michelle Gallagher, Andy Overman, uh, you know, Michael Nettleton, Luke Sinclair, like legends of a state agency. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. Apparently I give good advice, but hey, you, you'll have to tell me, Sam. Mate, we're 15 minutes in and I, I'm I'm pretty sure I understand why they, why they do it now. O- on that note, right, I think wisdom comes from uh, action. So you, you, you get to learn something, right, whether it works or whether it doesn't, and then you get the opportunity to impart that learning on somebody else. So I'm, I'm keen to ask you, you said you adapt you learn you enjoy it you know plenty of stuff still shit which is good i think that's that's part of growth what is what's one thing that you've learned along this journey uh whether it's in your personal life or a state agency whatever it is but what's one thing that you learned that you'll never forget or never stop doing oh blimey um i think the biggest thing for me is is about it's about what you can control and what you can't control like I'm, I'm, I'm massively keen on focusing on what I can control and what I can take responsibility for. Like if something goes wrong within my business, it's, you know, it's on my shoulders, whether I've been involved in it or not. Like it's, it's my business. It's on my shoulders, you know, and I'll always self-reflect. So I'll always look at what I can control or what I could do differently or what I could have changed um, and try and learn from that. And equally, the flip side of that is that a lot of stuff happens in life. A lot of shit happens in life that you can't control. And obviously you're going to have bad days and you're, you're going to have periods of time in your life that are difficult and, and crap's going to happen. Um, you know, I lost my dad a few years ago to cancer and that kind of stuff. Like that, that, that obviously wasn't a good experience. But like there's so much that you can't control. You can't, you know, you can't, I don't know. I don't know the way, the way to express that, but you know what I mean? You've got to try and learn from it and move forward as best you can. Yeah, that's caring, but not too much, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, but not too much. I, I think that's a really good, a good mantra. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a very caring, emotional guy, but I have to keep myself level because you know some shit will go wrong, but you can't fall off the cliff about it. Like, you just got to pick yourself up and get on with it. Learn from it. You go win the next battle. Ain't that the truth? I was, I was going to say that 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 you answered there about the control. 
also links into those levels that you you talked about um earlier in in regards to the to the wise one Andy I can certainly see that there's that that good advice from from those mastermind groups but to me one of your greatest assets and getting to know you over the last year is you're very calm and very composed and we've had a sort of similar uh question that hopefully you can help answer um over the last week or so from one of the listeners and they 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 said how are we how are we as agents at the moment giving sellers confidence that now is a is a great time to sell so how are you informing your um potential house sellers that now's a good time to sell and how are you encouraging your team to do that as well um I think you need to have very honest conversations because I think for some people it might not be a good time to sell at the moment. And, mm. and I think you've got to, if you, again, if you're going back to that mantra about giving the right advice for the clients rather than the right advice for you, I yeah. think if you're having that conversation, honestly, you know, for some people, it's not going to be a great time to sell at the moment. Um, but equally, and this is what we're drumming into our team and, and our, you know, our, our, our chats in the office is that there are people that are going to have to sell at the moment and, and, and it is the right thing to do. And whatever the economy in the market is doing, people have, you know, more children, death, divorce, debt, all of that kind of stuff. Like there, there's always a, 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 a flow of people that have to move. Um, I think the market at the moment, it definitely feels more challenging, but there are, there is business to be done and there are definitely buyers there. I think the biggest challenge for us as agents and our clients at the moment is this kind of realignment of value. You know, the, the, the values have definitely changed. You know, buyers are not going to pay what they would have paid six months ago for a property. And, uh, you know, I can totally understand that. With everything that's gone on with the mortgage rate hikes and everything that's in the press, you know, that that urgency to buy just isn't there. Mm. Um, so as a, as a as an estate agent, and this is the problem I'm encountering in, 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 in the moment, is that I think a lot of agents aren't giving that advice. They're still pricing at what they think clients want to hear, you know, six months a year ago figures um and the reality is is that buyers just won't just won't engage at that kind of level so i think the big challenge this year is that kind of realignment in value you know the quicker that you can get yourself and your team and your clients focused at where the prices really need to be to get traction and to get things moving i think the more successful you're going to be i think uh, good question but also you're right about if someone calls you up and said, I bought 12 months ago, you know, maybe, I mean, the obvious answer there is sit on your hands, you know, <laughs> sell your car I, rather I, than look, selling your house if you need to to help pay the mortgage. Yeah, I, I think there will be some people who who still are looking at moving as a quality of life, time mm. factor, and, and, you know, that the right answer might be for them to to, to, to sit still and, and wait for a bit longer. But clear that the answer might not. And, and I always say to people, look, don't try and second guess the market. It's about you and your family and your quality of life and what you, where you need to be and what you need to be doing. Um, and if that means you need to move now, then let's go for it. Let's make it happen. And this is how, you know, this is our strategy. This is our process. This is how we're going to get you the best result. All that yeah. kind of jazz. Love that. Um, let's come back to health and fitness for a second because that you, you, we've been talking a little bit about running and I, I wanted to ask you a question about that when you brought it up, right? So, um we talked a little bit about uh, accountability, right? And and every morning I wake up, uh, actually sometimes it's every afternoon, uh, I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm looking at the clock and it's like saying to me that it's like 5.21 a.m. England time. And then a little photo pops up from Andy Davies and it's 5K run in the ice, right? Or an injury or something like that. Um, and, and 
I'm more of a lurker in that group, uh, but I do take inspiration from yours and everyone else's posts. Um, and I think the support that everyone gives each other in there and, and the goals that everyone seems to be hitting is, is highly commendable, right? Where do you see your health and fitness tracking against your business? Is there a correlation for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So to give some context to that, back in 2018, 19, uh, so I've always been a bigger guy, like, you know, throughout childhood and growing up and stuff. And then I think 2018, 19, so it's a stage where me and Becky, my wife, had had four children over a relatively short space of time. Um, and I had put on a lot of weight. So I was up to around, I was over 21 stone. So I got pretty, pretty big, but I carried it quite well because I'm quite broad and quite tall. Um, but, you know, 100% had got to the point where that was impacting me on, on every level of life. But on, on a work basis, you know, I remember being out with, that was before we were doing professional photos. I remember being out doing photos, like flooded in sweat and being uncomfortable and, you know, being awkward around clients. Um, yeah, there's a few that stick to mind where I just think, God, you know, it, was, it, it just, it was a massive barrier to, to having a successful, successful work life, I think. Um, and it's funny, James, my business partner said to me when I, when I did have that period where I lost a lot of weight and it really improved my health and fitness, it did also massively correlate with a big upturn in our business performance. Um, and, and it was him that first said to me that, you know, do you think it's because you're, you know, you're feeling better, you're looking better, you're more confident. And I think nail on the head for sure. I, I, I you know, I think it, it has to. I think I always had good energy, but I think certainly in terms of just feeling better, better routines, better discipline, you know, it, it, it just works. And please be sure I'm I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm not an angel. Like I, I, I went through a stage last year where I didn't run as much and, and didn't work out and ate crap and, and I probably put on a couple of stone. Um, but I'm now back into the losing weight mantra and process and feeling really good about that. And that's, that's actually, you know, it's really addictive. If you can get into a place where you are, you know, healthfully and steadily losing a little bit of weight, you do get addicted to it. And, and this, the running, you know, the group where we talk about our exercise and stuff, it, it, it again, it's accountability, but it, it does, I think just help you reflect and help you keep on track. If you've got somewhere to post and talk about that kind of stuff. Um, it's probably a bit geeky, but we love it. It's good fun. No, I think it's important. Actually, one of the follow-up questions I had to that, I was hoping you would say that, yes, it definitely has had a good impact on my business, right? Because there's there's going to be people who are listening to this who are thinking, at Christmas, I said that I was going to go for a run twice a week or once a week or whatever it might be. And it's now last day in January as we're recording this. And there's probably a few people listening who haven't quite got there. What, what piece of advice would you give them uh, for just doing something positive for their, for their health uh, moving forward? Because it will, it, I, I'm of the view that it directly correlates with all other elements of your life getting better as well. So um, one of my favorite sayings, which was taught to me by an American uh, vendor I had a few years ago, as he was telling me off for not getting a selfie quick enough, um, <clears throat> was uh, JFDI, which is just fucking do it. Um, <laughs> and, and the reality is with anything like that, it's about habit. And if you can just get off your bum and do something, however small, you know, even if it's just a few minutes of a, workout or a run or a walk so when I was I was 21 stone I started with walking I started dog walking and it was just a you know 20 minute walk and like that would that was hard work for me at that stage but I did it and I did it religiously and, and, and that got me then leading on to running and other stuff so I think if you are really determined to do something like I know it's not easy I don't want to preach to people I know it's really tough but if you are determined to do something JFDI just put it in your diary get it get it done and um, and get on with it 
and, and actually the, the more you can do it the more you can do it consistently um as i said it becomes addictive like it it it, it becomes a good habit it becomes a positive thing in your life love that yeah the the habit side of things and and the running and the the jfdi often i think with something like that you the thought of doing it is actually harder than doing it and once you've done it then that that feeling is um is you know really 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 good you talk about this this group and i just want to just before we we wrap andy because i can see there's people coming into your office trying to talk to you so apologies just before we wrap you mentioned before um, about accountability being key. So you've got the accountability with the mastermind, you've got the accountability group um, with the running. Is there any other elements that you've got similar sort of things? And just how important do you think it is to have, as you said, someone or a group of someone to help support and hold you accountable, but not, as you think you said, not to shake a stick at? How how important is that in, in success for you? Yeah, I, I think it's really vital. Um, I think just having someone to talk to and to, to share ideas and to, to, to reflect with, um, I think is really, really key. I, 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 maybe it's just me personally, maybe it's just something that I gravitate or I need, but, you know, you know, on a personal level, obviously I've got my, you know, my wife and my children who, who I, who I you know, hold myself accountable to uh, on a business level. I've got James, my business partner, who's obviously, you know, older than me, lots of very wise and experienced and stuff and, and everything like that. So we, we, we talk a lot um you know Stephen brown and the mastermind group and, and things like that and then you know health and fitness i've got our you know facebook group and that kind of thing so it seems to be in every corner of my life it's it's something that's really crucial and important to me um whether it works for anyone else Taylor, i i don't know but i would certainly recommend you go and try it and if, if you know if you need to reach out to anyone or you need to take that first step you know talk to me or talk to talk to sam or mark and, and we can point you in the right direction like i think it's really crucial for people to to talk for sure yeah, awesome. Thank, thank you very, thank you very much for for sharing, Andy. Thank you very much for um, joining us. There's been loads and loads of value there. Hopefully, some of the listeners now understand that that nickname. Um, the answer to world class agency was a real, real highlight for for me. So, from Sam, from uh, from me, and also from all of the listeners, thank you very much for for joining us. We really appreciate your time. A massive thank you once again to Andy Davies from James Neva State Agents for joining us. Um, Sam, so many points throughout that will help the listeners to to grow towards having a better business but also i think one of the one of my favorite things is there was so much about being a better human being in that as well wasn't there yeah um good people make good real estate agents you know yeah. and and the best people make the best real estate agents and we once we finished hitting recording on there uh we, we sort of said to andy like he 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 talked about all the things that he'd done and all the things that he wants to do and none of it came across as pretentious or arrogant or, or anything like that. And and he said on that show that he, he connects with people in a very mm-hmm. sort of natural, easy way. And it was so clear to see, like we were lapping up every word. We believed every word. I hope everyone listening believed every word as well, because it was, it was so genuine. Um, and, and he walked us through like what he does day to day to give himself every chance of success, regardless of, of what the market is. I love that AM PM energy. I think that's a far better way of describing ideal week. Yeah. Um, and actually the, the, the hardest thing about that is sticking to it. And for him to go into the de- like the detail of what they say and how they get people to understand that rather than saying, sorry, I don't do appointments in the morning. Yeah. Uh, that, that is something that everyone on this call can do today when they get that inevitable phone call at, at when, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday morning or whatever it is, right. When the phone call comes in, says, Hey, can I come and see this property now? Or can you come and see me? And 
you've just got to be doing your consistent work as, as Andy was talking about his world-class answer. So another one of those episodes, I reckon, where yeah. you, you just rewind 31 minutes and start again and you'll, you'll find more value. Yeah, because he walked us. I mean, his answer to world, world-class agency, he, he wasn't reading it, but it felt like it was read and read. Yeah, yeah. It was so... He's had three years to think about it, I guess. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> But it, it talked about that consistency culture and community and then broke it broke it down. Um, I agree with what you said, that consistency isn't necessarily boring, but we talk we talk about it pretty consistently. Um, yeah. And it, as as Andy said, it, he, he described it as boring, but he said it is absolutely crucial. And I and I couldn't agree. And as we then sort of went deeper into the uh, conversation. He was you know, willing to share how he has the accountability um, surrounding him to help him consistent, uh, consistently hit his goals, consistently, you know, achieve what, what he wants to achieve. So hopefully there is, there is stuff in there that if people aren't, you know, at that, that same sort of level of consistency, there's some ideas for them then to go in and implement those. And um, because I'm sat there thinking, oh, I should be doing that. I should be doing that. I should be doing that for sure. Now you've got to change your thinking to, I will be doing that, or I'm going to do that today, I'm going to do that tomorrow, um, because it'd be great if we sat here next week, and in our intro, instead of me going on a rant about buffaloes, I sit down and I say, what was one of the shoulds that's become a done? Well, my... Because if you can do it, then you'll inspire everyone else listening to this to go and take some action as well, which is, that's, that then changes things for everybody. Yeah, well, okay, let's do that then. So I mentioned in... Um... In there, I, I said to you over the last couple of weeks, one of my things this year is to try and write down my goals every single day, which I've been doing. But as I wrote them down today, as we're recording on the 31st of January in my diary, I thought, crikey, we're already, as I said, a 12th of the way through the year. And I mentioned in there, I redid my ideal work week and I've not stuck to it once. The main thing that I've changed is I've put prospecting in first thing in the morning, nine till 10, and I've not done it once i don't think so there we go i've said it now next week we'll talk about whether i've achieved it wednesday through monday for for next week uh that that ties in nicely with with one of the points so there was i think almost every sentence that came out of andy's mouth today uh was something that you and i could talk about uh Mm. in this wrap-up right but we're not going to do that to the listeners but i think what you've just said there does remind me of a point that Andy put up about accountability being key. And we've mm. we've had an entire podcast uh, with Michael Bailey nearly two years ago now mm. where he ran us through how accountability has made him successful, you know? Um, and actually, it, it very much sounds like maybe that's that's the one piece of the puzzle that's missing for, yeah. for doing that prospecting day in, day out. Um, or maybe you've made too much money, you know? Because <laughs> honestly, success, success gets in the way sometimes as well. We're just like, uh, I'm, I'm pretty comfy at the moment, right? Uh, so having that, and I really love this language, so thank you, Andy, for saying it, but having that safe group of people mm. who are on a similar journey to you, who have a similar mindset to you, and just walking each other through the wins and the losses on a daily basis, like this this group that I'm part of where Andy and Richard Morris and uh, Sasha Martin, they all post their exercise. And I'm still, I'm doing exercise, but I'm not posting it. And I might just start today. you got to start now. Uh, just because Andy told me to, right? And that's my idea of taking action there. And and I have some very strange reasons for not sharing it. Um, but I think you're right. I, I like that idea of it being a safe group of people who are on a similar mindset and a similar journey to you. And I think that's really important, right? 
And then the last thing that I'll talk about, and this is something that I've wrestled with, I reckon, my entire career, and it's only now that I want to put a greater focus on my family life that I'm starting to really understand what it means, and that's that care but not too much. So focus mm. on what you can control. Take responsibility on what you can control rather than everything being your responsibility and you trying to save the world over and over again because real estate, I feel like a lot of people who get into real estate are pretty empathetic by nature, whether they know it or not, which means you take on other people's burdens from time to time. And in a good market, that's great because usually you're celebrating the highs and every high five is crisper, you know, yeah. and you'll have a sip of the champers with them and you, you, you're fine about buying them flowers and, and seeing them out of their family home and everything like that. But in, in the market that we're in now, maybe people are accepting five or 10,000 pounds less than what they really wanted. Maybe they're accepting 50,000 pounds less mm. than what they wanted. And it's really easy to view that as a disappointment for yourself as well. But the reality is you've done your, the job to the best of your ability. As long as you've done the job to the best of your ability, that is yeah. right. And you shouldn't take on their, their feelings or whatever it may be, or their anxieties or anything like that. You're a professional. You're there. You care about getting them the best result possible not about getting them their absolute dream price because those two things are probably different right now. And I think that's really important. There's a conversation, that very similar conversation that I had with some members of our our team over the last probably couple of weeks because that has changed. You know, we talked mm. about the market changing, changing a little bit. So as you say, as long as you do the best of your ability and you care, but not too much, that, as Andy said, will help you keep that level because I think that's going to be a real challenge as this market um, changes. Mm. Awesome. Right. Um, once again, a massive thank you to Andy for joining us today. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it on social, share it with, with work colleagues or reach out to Sam, Andy or myself on social media. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week. This episode was sponsored by Revis.com. If you are looking to grow your new build department, you should check out Revis.com because it's a visualization tool that can help bring properties to life before a brick is laid. If you are wanting to show potential house buyers around property that isn't built yet, allow them to actually customize kitchens floor coverings, wallpaper, that sort of thing, then Revis.com is a great tool and I suggest that you check it out.